0: to People Like Us, a podcast for and about third culture kids everywhere. I'm Jen Mohindra. I'm also a TCK and I have a Facebook group for TCK adults called, unsurprisingly, People Like Us. Hello, and for today's episode of People Like Us, I'm super excited to have not one but two guests with me today, and one of whom I have known for a very, very long time. In fact, we went to school together in Nairobi. So, more about that later. But let me introduce my, you today to Simone Mull Baker and her daughter Isla Baker. Hi, thank you both for joining me today. How are you doing? Hi. Great, thanks for having us today. Thank you. brilliant so nice to have you here so as always i'm going to launch straight into the very first question and i'll ask you first simon would you like to tell me about where you grew up uh well i'm originally from holland but
1: i grew up in uh zambia first and then kenya um I don't remember a lot about Zambia anymore. Kenya was definitely my my earlier years and um, obviously where I met you, too. So Mm -hmm. um, good memories there. Um, But yes, I would say mostly Kenya. And then um, I moved back to Holland when I was 12 um, to do my high school years there. So, Uh
0: yeah. And that move to Holland at 12 uh, from discussions with TCK is it seems like a classically difficult time to move anywhere between about 12 to 14. Anyway, I'll come back to that. Isla, would you like to let me know where did you grow up? Totally.
2: Well, I was born in Idaho, Boise, and then when I was two, I think, somewhere around there, I was really young, We moved to Virginia and then my dad got a job with the Foreign Service and we moved to Senegal, Dakar in Africa. And we lived there for three years. And then we moved to Jordan-Oman with a little stay with our grandparents in between. And then um, a year here in Okanagan, Washington. And then we moved to Uruguay. And now we're back (laughs) in Washington. Wow, that's a
0: lot of moves in there. Uh, I had to
2: think really hard about it. Uh, you are how old now? I am fifteen in
0: April. Yes. So, Isla, when somebody says to you, "Where where's home for you?" how how do you respond? Um. Well, my mom kind of
2: raised me to respond with um, I'm a citizen of the world, so I've gotten kind of accustomed to that. But when it's like a friend or someone I'm not ready for a deep, long conversation with, I'll just say
0: Washington or
2: um, Washington and Holland, if I want to throw in a story about my mom. And,
0: and Simone, where where would you say is home for you?
1: Um, well, home now is, is the U.S., um, but i i think if people ask me where I'm, I'm from i still say holland even though i haven't lived there in gosh probably 30 years now um that's that's i guess my identity in a way but <clears throat> i don't know perhaps i'm more american now
2: i mean you're a citizen
1: yeah in the US, but I, hold, like... I hold two passports so i guess i go by that but but it's, it's a weird feeling. I belong everywhere, I guess, and nowhere at the same time.
0: So it sounds like a very similar situation to me. I hold two passports, but I feel like a foreigner in both. I can feel at home. Exactly. Sort of born, born and bred there. So what would you say, um, I'll ask you first, Simone, what would you say you need to have in a place for that to feel
1: like home? Oh gosh, I'm sorry, you broke up a little bit. Can you repeat that real
0: quick? No, oh. what, what would you say you need to have for a place to feel like home?
1: Um, <clears throat> with the amount of moves that we've done every few years for my husband's job, um, I think probably, and it probably sounds really weird, it's my, other than my family, my cats. I knew it. <laughs> I know that's bizarre, but it's, that's probably, yeah, other than obviously my kids and and Scott, it's the most important thing is that I take my cats with me everywhere, because it's just that little bit, and I think not just for us, for, or for me, for, for our whole family, is that we have our pets with us everywhere we go. Definitely. Um, Other than that, you know, I mean, our stuff is just stuff, I guess. It's, Mm -hmm. it's not that we're not excited to see our stuff when it arrives, but um, the relief is to have our animals wherever we go.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. It's, it's a question I, I've sometimes asked and many people have not been able to take their pets with them. And so that's been um, one, of the, one of the challenges of the um, globally mobile life. But, that, but that's brilliant that you've taken your cats everywhere. Has that influenced the decision around the places that you've chosen to live in?
1: Absolutely. <clears throat> when we look at um, moving to a new place, we, we put in our choices, our top choices, our top 10. Um, and I research every single place that we actually put on our list. Um, first, for uh, schooling for the kids. And secondly, um, you know, what are the, uh, the opportunities of getting our animals in? If we can't bring our animals in or if they have to be quarantined, it doesn't make the list.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that makes sense so on the subject of schools then so Isla what was it like for you to have to keep changing schools and friends every few years
2: um well I'm quite clearly an extrovert for the most part so for me it's been more of like an up An upswing because like I really enjoy making new friends and talking new people meeting people who have been through such interesting experiences as those you meet in international schools often have Um, And so I kind of enjoy it, but it does, especially as I get older, it does really suck to have to leave friends every three years but I've, I've been lucky enough to be in a day and age where I'm able to keep in contact with them. So now I'm just like incredible friends with like my friends from Uruguay or anywhere else. So it's, it's, it's fun for me, I guess. I've gotten to the point where I don't think of the downfalls. I think more of how much fun I'm having.
0: Brilliant. So you mentioned that you've been to international schools along the way. And mm-hmm. now that you're back in the States, is that the same or are you at a more local school now? <laughs> I'm going to a
2: public school now in the US and it's different. It's lovingly different. I, I have nothing against it. It's just I'm not quite so used to the I, I guess well one of the aspects is the, um, is the wealth side because I'm in a public school in a less fortunate town I have a lot of friends who are just not, not very well up which I'm not very used to because international schools, the embassy tends to send us to some of the best schools there. So you get a lot of rather rich kids. So I've been kind of raised around that without even noticing it. And so this is kind of culture shock without thinking too hard about it. But I feel like I'm blessed and lucky to have seen both perspectives.
0: So how was it then to come to what feels like a very different Sort of school in the U.S. Was it was it easy enough to get on with the the kids there and make new friends, or how was that? I mean,
2: I had <clears throat> I've been kind of preset with this. Like, <laughs> I don't. I guess everybody knows I've been to a lot of places. So a lot of people here who have never been on a plane or whatever have never left their hometown tend to think I'm kind of prissy mm-hmm. and privileged and oh yeah she's gonna have no idea what any of us are into she's been all over the world she's probably into like ballet <laughs> or something like that and I'm, I'm just a normal kid I've just been given a lot of opportunities in my life and well and I think the
1: difference is, is that in a small town like this that the kids have known each other forever and so it tends to be a little harder to insert yourself in the little friend groups that have known each other yeah you know, since kindergarten versus an international school where you have the community that's constantly changing.
2: And is so ready and always to accept new people. Exactly.
1: So you have your embassy folks that, you know, rotate out every three years. Um, and the kids that go to the international schools are willing and ready to make new friends more easily because yeah. they're used to seeing new faces constantly. Um, whereas, you know, coming home here was that was that was tough. Um, you know isla's different enough that it was harder to fit in um you know small town politics and all of that but um Mm -hmm. but but she made a new friend a girl that came from new york so you know (laughs) a bit of an outcast herself coming here um but yeah she she fit in it just took a while
0: Mm -hmm. yeah 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 there's that um that thing isn't it there's two things that you mentioned one around the sort of people's perceptions of you being privileged or, or bragging when you talk about just, you know, what for us is ordinary day-to-day stuff. And then mm-hmm. the, the other thing around, you know, we are internationals and then mixing with people who haven't experienced even perhaps being outside of their own country. So what, what's referred to as the monoculturals and the, the challenges around, around that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Simon, what what differences do you see for your kids in terms of the TCK upbringing that we had compared to how it is now? Um, sorry, let me remove my cat. Um, <clears throat>
1: I think um, I think our experience was different in that we didn't have. Um, well the internet for one i think that that's huge you know growing up the way we did uh moving around our way to stay in touch with people was writing letters you may remember
0: i I have have
1: it i still have your letters i have this gigantic stack of letters from jenny you know over the years and your years in australia and, and all of that and it kind of went by the wayside once you know the internet made its its way through to us um our phone calls there in the beginning, and then finally internet to be able to stay in touch. And so I think in, in that way, um, the kids now, they have a, an easier way to stay in touch. I think globally things just have become easier, I think in a way, um, to, to be able to stay in touch and to not lose the people that they've, they've met along the way. Um, for us, I think at the time, a, a move was more complete because it was just you were just cut off from wherever you'd been previously. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it certainly resonates with my experience of when we moved from place to place. I mean, particularly when I, I left primary school to move to Kenya, I I stayed in touch with nobody, and I didn't really understand at that time why I was having to say goodbye to my friends and why I wasn't going to be able to see them or or stay in touch with them. I mean, there might have been a couple of postcards, but that was it. Um, Mm -hmm. So even even my friendship with you, Simon. I mean, there's not many people that I'm still in touch with from way back then. It's because it's a
1: commitment, you know, you you have to make the the effort. And I know we've had our, our years where, you know, we haven't spoken as much, but um, it's a commitment to want to stay in touch with people um, from back then. And of course, you know, once Facebook hit, hit us all, we were able to, yeah. <laughs> to find old people that we <laughs> hadn't spoken to in years and, you know, and have our little Facebook groups from you know our kenya years which is crazy but uh yeah i mean it's, it's it's a commitment whereas nowadays you know okay it sucks for them to move every couple of years but if they want to stay in touch it's so much easier than it was for us i think
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so Arlo, what, what are your thoughts on that do you stay in touch regularly with people from senegal jordan etc
2: Um, I mean, the further back I go, the less so, but I mean, I still do have friends from as far back as Senegal. We just don't talk very often. My, my most recent move, Uruguay, which we moved almost a year ago.
1: June, it will be a year. Yeah,
2: June, it'll be a year. Um, and those are some of the best friends I've ever had. I think partially because I'm older now, so I'm able to make deeper friendships and these people were really close to me. So I'm... I've still made the effort. We call so often. We watch movies together. We play video games, whatever, because um, I really don't want to lose contact with them because it's it's kind of one loose screw in the, in the in the group or in the chat and you'll lose contact. So it's kind of a three-way. You have to put in the effort to talk to each other. And so I've really been doing that because i really care about these 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 girls and boys and boys and feeling we don't forget fitting
1: so.
0: yeah oh, yeah only for <laughs> oh, that's so nice to hear so you're in um back in the usa again now is this it i mean obviously um it gosh, at I the i hope moment, but what? Well, i mean what what's next
1: <laughs> um Well, unfortunately, since we'd been out of the country for 10 years, uh, the State Department tends to pull their people back to DC for a while. Um, That was not what we wanted, but we didn't really have much choice. Um, So Scott took a one-year assignment in DC thinking that he would put in his DC time and then be able to go back overseas. Um, But they told him he had to stay two additional years. So right now we're looking at three years total in the US which in a way works out well because my oldest daughter uh, really wanted to graduate from the U.S. Plus, she has a boyfriend here, so it was really important for her to come back to the U.S. Um, But Isla wants to graduate overseas. So, um, yeah, one of the things we want to do this summer is go back to D.C. and apply for Dutch passports for both of the girls while they're still under 18. Um, and open up the European aspect of things because I was thinking about studying yeah. in Holland yeah, so, yeah but we're still I think Scott's about five years away from retirement so we do hope to at least do one more overseas assignment because once that travel bug hits it's really hard to shake that and three years in a small town I know I know we're going to be going stir crazy and oh, we'll want to we will really want to go back overseas again yeah you miss it you know
0: yeah Yeah. so so you mentioned five years until scott's your husband's retirement and then do you think you would retire and settle somewhere or, or or keep moving or what what's next
1: um i think having an actual home base is is what what we'll have which we've got a tiny little house now but it's sufficient for us and just having a home base is nice because I mean you pick up a lot of stuff over the years you know souvenirs and and art and whatnot and, and you want somewhere to put it um so having that in storage indefinitely kind of sucks um so having a home base to have our stuff but we don't intend to just sit around and grow old no um I would love to see more of the US. It's a beautiful country with lots to see and to do. So I think our plan is actually to get a camper and and do some traveling that way. That's the plan.
2: Yeah. And they won't take me with them. (laughs) No, you're going to be off at
1: college or something, you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) In those years that you've been moving around with Isla and her sister, Amy, Were there always regular trips back to the States to sort of keep up with relatives in the US?
1: Yes, Uh, we always made it a priority to at least get back to the States once a year, if not twice, um, because Scott's parents live one town over from us and uh, we would always make a a big effort to um, have Isla uh, reconnect with her birth family so um, try and at least make one trip back to, to Boise or Nebraska to see, to see her, her birth family and uh, try and keep that connection. I mean, it's great that you can talk on you know on the computer, but it's not the same. You have to make the effort to, to connect with people personally, I think. So right?
2: Yes, yeah, I'm, 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 I have nothing more to say on that other than I'm just so happy that I have the opportunity to, to, to have such a connection with them and to see them so often and all that. That's something that I'm very happy about. So thank you.
1: And people visit us if they can. But I, I think it's not for everybody. Not everybody enjoys traveling. And as you know, even though we've offered um, Scots folks to come and visit us in each of the countries we've lived in, they never have. So some pe- for some people, they just it's just not there. They don't, they don't want to travel. It's not about making the effort, I think. It's just the, the fear of the unknown, maybe. Um, but then we've had friends, Hetty and JJ that have visited us everywhere we've lived. So some people just don't want to travel.
0: Yeah, I guess yeah. you're right. I mean, for some people, our, in their eyes, alternative lifestyle is, is as foreign to them as their monocultural lifestyle is to us Mm -hmm. mm-hmm that's exactly
1: right and while I can see the attraction of you know living in one spot and feeling comfortable there it's just not for us it it, that just would not work um and so understanding that yeah as as you call from you know Italy right now yeah I, I mean yeah it's it's and we understand that and and so we make the effort to just make our trip back and see his folks and uh make sure that they get to, uh, to see their grandkids grow up in person,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's mm-hmm. important.
0: So, thinking ahead then, Isla, if you're thinking of going to do studies in your mum's home country of, of the Netherlands, would you be looking to learn Dutch while you're there? Because I understand you would have learnt some languages along the way growing <laughs> up.
2: Yeah, I'd be looking to learn Dutch hopefully before I started in college. I've attempted several times to learn Dutch. I'm just kind of lazy. <laughs> and so I never fil- follow through. but not yeah I think That would be very handy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not an easy language though, but luckily there's several universities lot. in Holland that uh, that are just they teach in English. Sure so sure that would be helpful huh
0: (laughs) (laughs) and having had the um the global upbringing isla do you think that will influence your choice of studies going forwards the career you might wish to have
2: definitely i have never lived in one place for more than three years so the thought of doing so kind of scares me (laughs) and I have always made a point of wanting to get a job that I enjoy, but one that I can travel on. So something like how my teachers are constantly traveling or whatever, something simple like that. Just what I enjoy, just not in the US permanently or anywhere permanently, hopefully. I just want to continue moving.
0: Um, And what about your sister? Is that the same for her as well? No, as far as
2: I know, Ami is, kind of just looking forward to basic life which is totally chill she wants I'm pretty sure she wants to get whatever job she chooses and s- settle down with her boyfriend and get married and live a happy life in like kind of the American dream way and I think that's totally okay that's a
0: cool vibe. completely different
1: kids yeah Ami's, Ami's expressed the fact that she's uh she's actually tired of the constant moving she does not enjoy it as much as we do it's a um it's a it's a bigger deal for her to fit back in and the last move to Uruguay was was pretty tough on her Mm -hmm. she did not have a good time trying to fit back into the school didn't want to make the effort to fit into the school um and yeah just two the polar opposites I guess you know the one kid that enjoys the newness of it all and the other kid that just doesn't does not want to deal with the newness of it all anymore
0: so Mm -hmm. I see that so often in families, um, my own family included, whereas I've continued moving. I left Perth and West Australia with, with a family that I grew up with, stayed. I moved on to Sydney, to London, more recently to Italy, whereas the brother that I grew up with, he, um, he pursued one field of study and he's worked in that field all of his life and he still lives in Perth and West Australia, which, just seems totally weird to me, but obviously yeah. that's fine for him. <laughs> Bizarre, right? It's, it's hard to, to, to kind
1: of place yourself into the, the thought that somebody would never want to travel again, especially since he was in Kenya as well. So you would think that maybe that travel bug, but nope, that's,
0: doesn't always, isn't always the case. No, I, th- I think there's definitely a, um, an area of research to be done there. Right? <laughs> So, Simon, I'm going to ask you now. If you could talk with other parents who were thinking of having this lifestyle and about to have families, so having their kids having this this sort of lifestyle, what would you want them to consider?
1: Um, I think. They don't need to be scared. I think some people worry about how it will impact their kids. Um, but I think kids are resilient, you know? Don't be scared at, uh, of the opportunities that it will actually open for your kids to experience, you know, different, different people in different areas of the world. I, I think you have to make the effort to keep the connection with your, your home country, for sure. But um, I know when I look at the you know the, the blogs and the boards and people talking on Facebook, you know, how will it impact my kids? I think they'd be surprised. Most kids seem to, to bounce along pretty well with, with the change in their routines. And, and I think there's more good than bad when it comes to moving every couple of years or however your lifestyle is. I, I don't think there's a negative to it. Are there negatives to it? I'm sure, you know. But by far, I think the good outweighs the bad. I believe the experience of, you know, the experiences that the kids have been able to garner over the years, I think it's worth it. You know, try not to be scared of the the changes it'll bring in your family. They're good, they're good changes.
0: Yeah, for sure. As you say that there are challenges, but the benefits—I also agree. I think they far outweigh those those challenges that this lifestyle mm-hmm. that we've had. Ilo, what what were your thoughts on that? I mean,
2: my initial comment was kind of the polar opposite of my mom's, <laughs> in the sense, and I'm not about to complain about my upbringing. I've loved it, but I think it's important for parents to aggressively communicate not aggressively but communicate strongly with their with their kids and you know because like we said there are two types of kids in this world there are those who love traveling and love always meeting new people and love all that like myself and there's kids who it's 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 difficult for them to do that so um i think it's important for parents to take into account what their children say and to check in with them often. Um, I mean, I think from a young age, you, it, it can be totally okay. And just like, a, they don't understand it well enough to be upset about it. But um, as kids get older, as they become teenagers, as they enter high school, as education becomes a difficulty, I think that's an time a time to be very sure that you're communicating and seeing what your kids want.
1: Fair enough. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why we made the decision to to come back to the States was because communicating with our oldest daughter showed us that she did not want to go back to an overseas post. She really needed to find that stability of going back to the US and staying there for a couple of years. So and that that and that really was our probably one of our main reasons for coming back to the US was to accommodate Ami. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. So, what I'm hearing there is to really keep those communication channels going, keep that communication open and just, just keep talking to each other and honest conversations. Yeah. Very
1: much so. And every time we have moved, we've always involved the kids in our our uh country choices. We've always sat down and said, you know, here's what's available. What do you guys think? Is there an area you really don't want to go to? So trying to keep them involved in, in our choices, because ultimately we're gonna be there for three, two or three years. So the kids need to be on board. You know, you, we try to have them feel excited about the new opportunities, you know, researching a country, what is there to do? What is there to see? Um, but at the same time, you know, listen to what they're saying. And if they reach a point where they're done, you need to take that into consideration and, and we did this time around yeah. so I've always
2: had that one I don't know what it is I think it's a website but it just it just sounds like a bunch of other foreign service families like rating where they've lived mm-hmm. and I don't know why that has stuck with me but I do remember that being a common theme every single time we've moved is hearing my mom read me these ratings of different <laughs> countries and I think that's pretty cool <laughs> Yeah. well you know because it's
1: important to know before you go what the school is like what the housing is like you know what the local economy is like can you buy the things you need um what is it like for pets do they have good vets do, are there good school all of that so yeah it's yeah. the it's a big deal
0: <laughs> sure absolutely simon either as usual these episodes fly by the 30 minutes always goes by in a flash and I'm going to ask you one final question, because I like to finish these episodes on, on a positive note. And that is to invite you both to tell me about one of the best things about being a TCK.
1: <laughs> Ooh, that's a loaded question. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um,
1: do you want to go first?
2: Sure. Okay. Uh, gosh. I mean, there are so many and that's,
1: she said pick one.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I think I'd have to say, um, my personal, what I think I'm most blessed for having is the opportunity to see so many different perspectives in life. I have seen the bottom of the barrel poor and I have seen, I could buy your dad rich. <laughs> and I think that's, that's really important because I I kind of understand a lot of things that I think most kids who have either who have been either one, maybe don't, um, and I'm I think I'm really fortunate to have to have been, been given that opportunity because I think that makes me more um, well-rounded. Yeah, and more appreciative in my life.
0: Nice.
2: For me, honestly,
1: it's. It comes right back down to the excitement of travel. Just, you know, seeing something new. There is so much to see still in the world. And I just, I don't want to regret not having gone out of my way to see or do certain things. Um, and just the, I, I love photography. So the opportunity to whip out the camera and just, just really see how other people live. I, I really enjoy that. That that for me is huge.
0: Mm, so. Brilliant. And there's something to be said about not just visiting a place, but actually living there and experiencing it.
1: Yeah. Exactly. You know, going to that little African village and being invited to one of their festivals and, you know, Rahaya. watching, yeah, exactly, with, with Rohaya, you know, and, and watching how they slaughter their animals and prepare their food and being really, really invited into their environment that you can't beat that. That's super special. It really is.
0: Absolutely. Simone, Isla, thank you both so much for being my guest today. It's been such a pleasure to speak with you both. Thank you for having us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to people like us. If you'd like to join an online community full of people like us, Hop over to Facebook and search for people like us. You'll find my group and you're very welcome to join us.